What's up, Hair Game listeners? We've opened our new Pasadena location, and by the time you hear this episode, our new Woodland Hills location will be open too. Go to salonrepublic.com for info. This episode is a conversation I had with Tatum Neal, founder of Elevate Hair, and at the risk of shamelessly building suspense, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Tatum gives us what I think is our best hair horror story yet. What's up, brother? Good to see you. Good seeing you. We just met today. Yeah. So thanks for doing the podcast. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your family. I know you come from a family with deep roots in the hair business, right? Yeah. um, So my grandfather started our company, a distribution company, like in the late 40s. My dad kind of took it over in the 60s and revolutionized it. His focus was, or he was kind of one of the first people to really believe in the hairdresser and the way that you know they weren't just like high school dropouts that some of these hairdressers for high school dropouts are millionaires Mm. so maybe they're not so dumb after all and so he really believed in the hairdresser and he also believed in elevating the hairdresser from a craft perspective so he's very influential in bringing in um, artists from all over the world to educate and we're based in new orleans so we're like a southern company Um, but being a southern company, we were the first million dollar million dollar distributor for Paul Mitchell, Redken, and Aveda. Wow. So three major brands really kind of got their start based in the South because mm-hmm. of our distribution strategies and his you know commitment to, to hair and to education. Right. Very interesting. Yeah. So do you work for, it's Neil Corp, is that correct? Neil Corporation is, okay. is our company, yeah. And um, my, you know, he had seven kids, three wives, seven kids. Wow. And uh, no, no one in the <laughs> family has ever done hair. And okay. so I actually okay. went to college to get my degree in environmental policy. Okay. Uh, went to UNC Chapel Hill, came back, was working for Neil as like a corporate tree hugger. Okay. And was just kind <laughs> of into um, the artistic side of hair. And I thought maybe being a platform artist would be sort of cool, like most hairdressers. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I went to New York. I wanted to go to a school that we didn't own. I wanted to kind of carve my own path. Um, worked for Frederick Fakai for a little bit and then spent about eight years with Nick Arojo um, as an educator and platform artist. Wow. Yep. That's super cool. Yeah. So are you behind the chair now? Uh, I'm behind the chair, although my new project, Elevate, has me on the road a lot. So uh-huh. not as much as I used to be. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've been behind the chair for 12 years. Based in uh, New Orleans. Based in New Orleans. My family twisted my arm and pulled me out of New York, kicking and screaming. Okay. Um, But yeah, I'm glad they did because this Elevate thing kind of happened because of it. Okay, so let's talk about Elevate since you went there so soon. I'm sorry. It's uh, part of the story. No, don't be sorry. That's all good, dude. Um, Elevate here. uh, Talk about it. Um, It's just kind of a crazy project that started with the idea of community. I thought um, just because I'd, I'd been in a variety of ba- uh, brands and kind of came up with a variety of brands, but we sort of focused on Aveda as a distribution company, um, I noticed that there was a lot of great, talented people that I wasn't aware of. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, as much as I believe in brand and, and salon affiliation, I think it's really important um, for us to come together and just be hairdressers. And so I wanted to create an opportunity for that, for people across brands to come together. And also I wanted to give local artists a platform. There's so many great artists um, and Instagram really kind of shows that. And there's so few product companies that can give you a platform to express yourself. So I wanted to create a neutral stage. Um, as I'm a DJ as well, I wanted to bring DJ element into it. And I wanted to give um, basically people a, a, a chance, a, an opportunity to express themselves in a fun way. Okay, so describe an Elevate event. 
elevated event is very similar to um, an NWA concert, right? So okay. you've got the DJs, sometimes two DJs on stage are playing hip hop, but instead of MCs, instead of Ice Cube and, and all those guys in the front, they're hairdressers. Okay. So you've got this interplay between the music and the artists on stage, as well as the um, the models and then the audience. Okay. It's kind of like a, it's kind of, I call it edutainment. It's um, really great technical craft haircutting and styling, um, but with a party flair. So you can talk to your friends, you can drink, you can dance, um, all these things, and at the same time watch great hair. The venues that you choose typically I've noticed are like nightclubs, bars? I try to find like like dirty punk venues, yeah. um, mostly because I'm a no, I, I don't really have a, a sponsor, so to speak. I mean, my family does, we're like a silent sponsor. Um, but I don't take money from outside um, people, and so I have to find venues that are willing to work with me and have a bunch of thirsty hairdressers in on a Sunday right. night. So I try to find venues that want to work with me and that have a smaller kind of raw feel to it. I don't want to be in a overly produced environment. So how do you find the, the, the guys and ladies to be on stage? Um, a lot of it is through Instagram and word of mouth. So I'll, I have people who are kind of contacting me through Instagram a lot to do the shows anyway. But I go into, uh, let's say, LA. I would go to an LA hairstylist and I would see what's kind of going on, who's got a big following, talk to friends, and just kind of through social networking, mm -hmm. um, find artists. And a right. lot of times people find me as well. All right, so the artists are on stage, they've got a model, and they're cutting any coloring? Um, we haven't really mastered coloring. We have had editorial coloring, but I'm like in a divey punk bar. So where are you going to wash the model? Yeah. So the processing, unfortunately, has become an issue. What I try to do is I try to find um, colorists who have an ability to style or partner them with a hair cutter or they partner with the hair cutter so that they're styling um, the color and showing off the color. And then mm -hmm. anytime they can post and talk about it, that's helpful as well. Okay. But they're not talking while they're up there. Correct, correct. Okay. So they're talking, or they'd be communicating through Instagram. Right. There's basically no talking. Right. That's super. And, and so, like, what time would an event start and what time would it end? We've been kind of tweaking that. Like, I'm ever evolving because I'm learning how things work um, yeah. and trying to And be, what people want. Yeah. Like, for example, I always would put a headliner on um, at the end of the night, like, thinking, oh, it's like the head guy, let's have them. But what I found is that people were really just there to see their friends. Mm -hmm. So when I have headliners or big names from out of town, I put them on right away because mm -hmm. people want to see their best friend do hair. So I stick that person last mm -hmm. and that keeps my crowd there. So, Interesting. Um, so trying to adapt, I try to start the DJ at seven. I try to get hair going on around eight and I try to run the show to like 11 or midnight. Okay, cool. And do you charge money? Um, we haven't started charging money yet. Okay. I mean, I kind of think about it a little bit just to help pay for the cost and stuff, but yeah. I want to try to keep it as free as possible. So you're DJing, yeah. right? Me and I have a, a few friends that I partner okay. with as well, because I, I, I try to do it all. I can't really. Right, of course. Um, but I do love the musical aspect, so I will jump on the turntables like a little bit. So super grassroots, nobody's getting paid, nobody's paying. It's just getting together and having fun. Yeah, pretty much through Instagram. Right. It's very interesting. I, I haven't been to one. I've, I've had some friends go to them and I've seen them post about it, but I'll go to your next one for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to get back to LA. I just need a venue. So anyone okay. who has a venue in LA, hit me up. Yeah, I don't think that should be a problem. I got some friends oh, cool. for you. Let's yeah. do it. I, and, I mean, not friends that have... I'm not into the nightclub scene yeah, anymore, yeah. but I have friends that are definitely in the nightclub scene who can hook you up, I think. Okay, love it. So um, well, we got to get you in LA. I, I want to come back. I had a great time. We had... Um, we had Sugar Skulls, Andrew Does Hair, and Fern the Barber on stage at the same time. Amazing. I was just talking to them about it. I, Amazing. Yeah, just 
people and people really like the idea of not talking yeah and just being able to and it's kind of like an artist show like so much of what we do in our industry is about sales and again i'm not trying to like that is how we make yeah, money so right. cool but there is a whole artistry that's lost when, when you know i figured this out by doing a small little when we were growing it doing one and i made a new dj mix and before it was education this is what i'm doing this is why and i was kind of like hey look i'm just going to play this mix let's listen to it we'll talk afterwards and it was the best demo i've ever done in my life because i could make i could change my mind I'm going, once you get in, you're like, oh, you know what, maybe I want to do this. And it, and it just allowed for me to focus on the hair and really execute great. And that was the light bulb, like, oh, you know what, let's just let the artists be them and, and not worry about selling anything. Interesting. Very interesting. So let's talk about, since you're, you know a lot about distribution, how has distribution changed in the last few years? Well, I think distribution is, I mean, let's just, Amazon, let's talk about it, yeah. right? So yeah. Amazon has changed the... Hold on, and l let me specify for the audience, I'm talking about distribution of hair care product, hair color, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Amazon has changed everything, and um, you know, depending on what brand you're with, you're kind of competing with them, and so clients can now go to it, and, and clients meaning like guests coming into the salon to get a haircut or color. Yep. And then also, um, you, you know, your salons could theoretically go there too. So it's really changed the whole landscape. But they don't sell wholesale, right? Amazon doesn't sell wholesale. They don't, but they could, you could still get niche products that you might not be able to be able to get in, in some ways or the other. So it, it, it's changing everything and our customers, our distribution company, our salon customers, they're talking about Amazon a lot right. because your clients are gonna do that. So. Um, I think where di distribution needs to figure out, I think, how they can be more digital and how they can be more responsive to their customers. So, um, you know, we're working on being sort of being that conduit. So you can go to a salon page through, through our Salon Biz app. You can go to your salon's page and your customer, like as a someone getting a haircut mm -hmm. and you can buy products through the salon the salon gets credit but it comes from our distribution company and I think things like that are gonna have to be yeah. more present. D does the salon get the full percentage whatever that is let's call it 40% I don't know exactly okay. I'm sure it's split I'm sure it's not okay. everything because for the yeah. salon they don't have to hold inventory they don't have to yeah they don't have to buy it they don't have so to hold I think it. things are gonna move there I mean like literally the drones are gonna take stuff from a yeah. the shop and they're gonna bring it to your house within yeah. very very soon so um, it's changing I think the big thing that if, if you're a distributor out there like and what we try to do is we really try to work on this business service aspect like how can we help grow your business how can we be in partnership if you're my customer your success is my success so I yeah. can't uh, it, it, we're, we have a relationship we have a partnership and so really focusing on developing the partnership strengthening the partnership and just educate 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 I think that's the motto and I'm sure you guys have been educating for decades yeah. on how to better sell retail in the salon right? yes so why is it consistently a struggle I think it's consistently a struggle because hairdressers don't want to do their job to be honest with you. Um, and a lot of it, it has to do with sort of habit and psychology. When I say buy this shampoo and you say no, it actually hurts me in my core and it's something that I, you know, <laughs> that's true, man. whether I, whether I want to acknowledge it or not, it does. You just rejected me. Right. right. And so what do people naturally want to do? They want to avoid pain and suffering, right? Yeah. It's just in our DNA. Of course. It's why we're here right yeah. now, you know? Um, and so you're working against some hardcore psychology. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're working against your habit. You know, how, how many hairdressers out there have a consultation with a client, they wanna do something new, halfway through the service, shit, I just did the same thing. You get caught up in these habit loops. It's the yeah. same reason why you forget your 
way to work and you're like, oh, I'm here, how did that happen, right? Because these things are kind of hardwired in the back of your mind. So you're fighting against your natural brain's inclination to avoid, you're fighting bad habits that you have, and you don't want to put in the work to actually do your job. Your clients are getting shampoo, they're getting product. We know that for sure. Yeah. Why not get it from you? And right. so um, I think that's really, and that's always been the issue with retail. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what you say about it, I've only had one person, this college girl, where I recommended something to her and she said, I'm just gonna get it on Amazon. I'm like, look, that's old stuff. That's like the packaging is different. Who knows where that's from? That's old product you're buying. She's like, I know what my dad's credit card is on the Amazon account so I can just get it. You know, she's a college girl. You can't fight against that. One out of a million, you know, so that actually refused to get something for me in mm -hmm. that time. So don't let your clients get on Amazon. Right. They're there, you're there, the shampoo's there, right. close the sale. Yeah, there's no no easier way to get your shampoo They're than there. right How there. Of you. How many stores would love for you just to walk into their store? Yeah. You've got hundreds of people who are in your chair every month, like, and you're talking to them for hours, right. and at 45 minutes, an hour, two hours. Yeah. You can't figure yeah. it out. Personal relationship with these people. You can't right? figure it out. They want to. They want to look good. That's why they're there. Right. Figure it out. Talk to them about it. Right. Yeah. yeah absolutely. We do quite. A, we've done quite a few episodes on retail sales because we distribute to our hairdressers, and we want them to be successful and make more money and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's found money, you yeah. know, if they can get their clients in the habit of, of buying it. So I don't want to harp on that Look, I would say go anymore. on this forever. <laughs> uh, but if you're a hairdresser out there, just what I would say is be confident. Like, it's okay for people to say no. I mean, like if you're doing a good job, yeah. six, seven out of 10 people are going to say no. So just walk through the pain right. and let it go if it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a personal affront. All right, so um, what else you got going on? Um, shit, I don't know. Elevate's kind of consumer. Do you have kids? Do you I, have, I don't yeah. have kids of okay. a dog. Um, you got a dog? Yeah, I've got a poodle named Bruno. I love him. Uh, yeah. I got a wife. She's great, too. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, kids on the horizon? Um, not, not yet. Elevate's sort of like really consuming me. That's so your I need kid? to give that a few. Yeah, this is, okay. that's my baby for now. Cool. Um, you're on the cover of Salon today. Yes. What was that about? Um, we just opened up, so we have like nine, I think nine salons in the Louisiana area, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, North Shore. And uh, we- that, that, you're, that your family owns? Yeah, they're named okay. after my youngest sister, Paris Parker. Paris Parker. The Instagram handle is Love Paris Parker. Cool. And um, we built a new salon, we bought a building across from the Ace Hotel in New Orleans. Um, we have a barber shop called The Parker, so Paris Parker, The Parker. Cool. And we opened that first inside the Ace, and this is across the street. And it's a new concept, my brother Garrison and I kind of thought about it, and he really executed it. Um, I'm glad that I have a lot of my family members working, because we all yeah. kind of do our own things. And, and he really nailed this um, design and concept. It's a really cool, beautiful, minimalistic, but like, high-tech salon, and on top of it, it's a big um, photo studio with built-in lights and um, um, a full kitchen and an office and a bedroom and a bathroom. And, um, and we're trying to create some energy in New Orleans okay. um, that's gonna stimulate the artistry of New Orleans and also our staff, so. So wait, hold on, I yeah. lost you with the bedroom and the bathroom. So Sorry, who, it's just a really who, cool studio he did. <laughs> so who's up in, is somebody living there? No, 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 no. It's just like, let's say you wanted to come do a shoot. You okay. can come down to New Orleans, you could book our shoot, and okay. you could stay on oh. site if you wanted okay. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. 
So you like rent it out, so to speak? We rent it out and we try to like utilize it as much as possible with our own staff as well. So Interesting. Um, theoretically, if someone hasn't purchased it, I, I could say, hey, is the studio available? I yeah. want to come and do a photo shoot. Cool, bring a few models. There's like a shampoo bowl, everything there, and you can do a shoot. It's called Studio 633. Studio 633. And if somebody wanted to learn more about these salons, parisparker.com? Um, parisparker.com or... Um, Parker.com? Love Paris Parker. Or, yeah. yeah. Actually, I don't know the... I guess it's Parker. Parkerbarber.com. Parkerbarber.com. Yeah. Interesting. And then the studio would be on the Paris Parker website? Um, it's Studio 633 is the Instagram handle. I'm not sure how it's connected entirely from the uh, to the salon. Like if you went to our homepage, I don't know if it would be directly attached. Okay. Cool. I just work here. I don't know. All right. <laughs> and then um, how do the salons, what, what kind of structure? Commission? Structure? We're commission structure, yes. Okay. Employment? And we're commission structure. We have some of our flagships are... Um, Specialized, departmentalized, and we have a few that are uh, generalized too. Cool. What's the hardest part of running a commission salon? <sighs> the hardest part of running any salon, I think, is people. You know, yeah, and managing people. Artists are very—they're challenging to, you know, to to manage. I mean, yeah. like accountants, I think, would be probably like very easy, just like make yeah. your numbers right, right? Yeah. But um, you know, there's a lot of things that you know they they. There's like, they're like sort of like the, uh, there's like a dichotomy of what they want, right? So they want, they want total freedom, but they can't have total freedom because they'll go broke. So they need structure. So they want structure, but they hate it. You know, they, um, what we found is this sort of, cr by creating opportunities for creativity, we've enhanced the experience for our, our employees too, because, you know, being able to, no one goes into hair to do like root touch-ups and long layers. You just don't, that's not your fantasy when you're like, I'm gonna be a hairdresser, right? right. But that's what pays the bills. Right. So this studio and having a more Instagram focus um, with our company over the last few years has given our artists a creative outlet and sort of, even though not everyone does it, I think people like to know that creativity is happening. And so mm -hmm. I think, um, trying to hit them in all those angles, give them the structure, give them the creativity, you know, it's hurting cats. Yeah, yeah, that that's very true uh, from my perspective as well. So the article was about the, the kind of the uh, blending of the salon and the photo studio? Yeah, basically, cool. and just the idea, the concept behind the studio and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's, it doesn't seem that out there, but it is a little out there, to, the concept of trying to create a community studio. Think about it. like. Yeah. We have photographers and artists who are renting our studio. It's upstairs of our salon, so there's all this creative energy happening, and it's photography and hair are so, so closely related. We have young assistants who are now doing makeup for some of the local photographers a lot because they have the skill set, and now they have a connection. So right. just having that energy around you. Yeah. Um, I did a full video shoot for Congress um, a few a few months back, and that was really wild. We like totally changed the whole studio. Congress? And, um, so Aveda has a, their big hair show, okay. it's called Congress. That's it was right. their 40 year anniversary and I um, was lucky enough to get um, a main stage segment. So cool. yeah, and um, so we shot our video there uh, and it was really badass. I have a lot of friends that lived in New York for so long, I developed a network of people who happened to do film editing and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I was able to pull in some serious talent and create like a really badass video. Wow, Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, and it was great having that space basically to do yeah. it. It's so hard to find a space like that that you could dedicate to something like that because it doesn't pay the bills like the salon pays the bills, right? No, but it helps though. You know, so the salon's yeah. really paying the bills, but 
you know, we're actually getting a decent amount of bookings in that space because it's so, it's like a big white box. Yeah. Um, but there's, it's old, you know, it's like the building's got to be a hundred years old. Oh, so wow. there's like some elements of the oldness of the building there. The, it's New Orleans architecture. You're looking out, there's a streetcar wow. um, in New Orleans building. So it's got this kind of cool old energy, but everything like white floors and the modern lighting and everything and the very modern simple aesthetic mm. so it's this kind of like fusion of sort of minimalism and classic right um and, and it i don't know it just has a great energy yeah yeah i like those oh, like those new york lofts and all that kind of thing mm. i love that okay so i call this my wave the wand question if you okay. could wave a wand and change anything about the industry what would it be well that's a really big question um <laughs> i think I think I would wave my wand and sort of like on the hairdresser. I think that we don't realize our full potential. And a lot of that is what we discussed earlier with retail sales. You know, this is a really fun business and you can make a ton of money, but there's so little people who think of it that way and really push themselves. And so I think if I could change anything, it would be the mindset of the hairdresser. And when I kind of think about back to elevate a little bit, like the concept is, I want us to have a venue where we can come together because that's where our power is. There's not one industry on the planet that has the potential reach that we have. Everyone has hair and they get it cut. Theoretically, if we could somehow have a coded language where only hairdressers understood, yeah. we could share that message with each other all around the world and we could then share that message with the entire world in six to eight weeks. What other profession can has that? Yeah. Dentistry? Right. No. Lawyers? No. What? Nothing. Right. Okay. So. I think that's, that's my dream for the industry is for us to realize that potential and create a broader social change through our craft. Right. I love it. I love it. I mean, that's kind of, we try to do a lot of that on the hair game. Yeah. You know, we try to get good information out there to the community so that everybody improves. Yeah. You know, uh, next question is Jacob Kahn's hair horror stories. So Jacob gave me the idea. And uh, so you could give us anything, anything horrible that's happened in a salon. But it could be you or somebody else. So this is my hair horror story and it's a friend story. And um, I always think about it when I'm cutting hair because um, this is a story from the 80s. And the 80s, I think, were just this crazy for hairdressers and maybe just in general, it's like wild cocaine party all the time, <laughs> I think. it all. And um, salon owner, I'm sure just wasted and doing a haircut and my one of our top colors now she's assisting him and she hears a scream a hold blood and the client's earlobe <gasps> is on the oh. ground earring in it like Mike Tyson shit no 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 earring in the oh. uh, earlobe <laughs> on even... the ground like he was cutting the line and just took the whole earlobe off <laughs> Um, so like butter. Don't do drugs, kids. Uh, <laughs> and pay attention when you're cutting around the ear. Oh my God, that's a good one. That might be the best. I thought Luz was pretty good, but that one might take Earring the cake. Earring in the lobe. Earring in the lobe. On and the Halloween floor. was only a couple days ago. So I think all of this is culminating into probably what is now the best hair horror story right here. Hit a meal. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay. Um, any last words for the community? Could be anything at all. Um, I don't know. I feel like I said so much. Just my words to the community is don't underestimate the power that you have and don't lose sight of the long term. Um, 
my old boss, Nick Rojo, would quote, I think, a Tony Robbins quote, and that was that people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in five years. Yeah. And I think for hairdressers, we are so short-sighted and we're so focused on what's happening right now, yeah. you don't realize where you can be if you just put your mind to it and just push through the, the hard parts. Yeah, wise words. All right, so where can people find you on social or, or the web? Um, at Tatum Neal, um, at Elevate Hair. Tatum is T-A-T-U-M. N-E-I-L-L, N-E-I-L-L. So you can just reverse engineer from Elevate Hair, we're pretty easy to find, www.elevatehair.com. Elevatehair.com, cool. Thanks, brother. Hey, absolutely, Appreciate great interview, it. thank you. Hi guys, thank you so much for the reviews. I'm gonna read the latest one from, please hold as I shuffle windows on my computer screen so I can read it. The latest review is from Cosmo Alice. Title is, Morning Inspiration Blast! Exclamation point. Love listening to the podcast. Been listening for a few months and love what I've been hearing. It's helping me with selling product, inspiration to keep working on my hair gram, and making things better for me at the salon. I've sent it to stylists I work with. Thank you. Keep them coming. Thanks so much, Alice. I'm assuming your name is not Cosmo. Thank you so much for the review. We're definitely going to keep them coming. The hair game community has been growing because of people and listeners like you. And that really, really inspires us to keep these episodes coming. So thank you. Thank you. Next week is Olivia Smalley. Olivia is ONG Artistry on Instagram. Until then, everybody, have a great week.